Well, hello, kids, and welcome to episode three of Beaver Bites, our quick little uh, episodes about what's going on in the 44th federal election for Canada. Uh, I am the Eager Beaver, and I have with me Mr. Grizzly. Say hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. And uh, we're um, to, in this uh, subject, uh, in this episode of Beaver Bites, we are going to talk about specifically uh, the events in, in Bolton, Ontario, and uh, how uh, now the Liberal leader, um, Justin Trudeau, has addressed them. Uh, so recording day is August 18th, 2021, and well... 28th, uh, August 28th. August 28th. Oh my God. What? A, uh. All right. <laughs> you yes, went back 21st, in time there. <laughs> I went back and for, yes, yes. 21st was our first Beaver Bites. So yes, aug, that's true. August 28th. Uh, thank you for the gentle correction. <laughs> no worries. Uh, <laughs> uh, so why don't we just uh, jump into it? Uh, all right. Sure. Let's do it. Uh, All right, kids. Uh, so uh, last evening, uh, at the time of recording, of course, uh, there was a Early very... this morning. Oh, was this morning? Yeah. <laughs> we did the recording this morning. No, no. Yes, 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 yes. But when people are going to be listening to it. Yes, uh, of course. Yes. So these events were yesterday uh, that, that we're going to talk about. Uh, there was a uh, rather uh, potentially violent and dangerous and disgusting display in Bolton uh, where the liberal leader, Justin Trudeau, had showed up for a campaign stop. Uh, there were uh, big protests, um, I mostly anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers uh, and people that are upset with uh, everything having to do with restrictions uh, with regard to COVID. And there may have been other people there for other reasons, but that seemed to be the the dominant vibe, uh, which led to the cancellation of the liberal event uh, for that evening, uh, according to uh, liberal leader Justin Trudeau, because they could not guarantee the safety of the volunteers mm-hmm. and people in attendance. Uh, and you, Mr. Grizzly, had something very interesting to say about that this morning uh, in, a, in a tweet. Uh, if you would like to speak to that. Sure. Well, I, I tweeted out. Um, so, uh, so the liberal leader uh, gave a speech and I'm, I'm just, I'm recalling the tweet cause I can't do it verbatim from memory. Um, but basically what I said was, and I'm going to quote here, I'm quoting myself. That's strange, right? <laughs> the speech, I, uh, this is what I had to say about his speech, stirring very much like his father, committed, passionate, compassionate, and inclusive. Note, Before the cons come for me, I haven't voted for the Liberal Party in a federal election since 1993. I shudder at the thought of a con government leading us through a pandemic. Now, the speech he gave was exactly that. Uh, I mean, he was coming from the... Yes, he's the Liberal leader. Yes, he's campaigning to return to the position of Prime Minister. But he started off by saying, your behavior is hampering everybody else's lives. Because mm-hmm. his seven-year-old son cannot be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, people who are, are behaving in such a selfish, self-centered manner, carrying on like they're actually, oh, I don't know, the ones who, I, I swear to God, if I see somebody on the street wearing a yellow star of David to say that they're, they're being uh, 
rights are stripped from them because they have to wear a mask. And I'm going to punch mm-hmm. them in the face. I, I swear to God, I will punch them in the face or I'll rip the star off. Like I have no tolerance for stupidity and intolerance of that nature. And, and somebody will say, well, Paul, you're being, you're being, no, 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 no. I'm not going to stand idly by. I won't. I refuse to do that. Yeah, and, and, and you cannot have the paradox of intolerance. We do not have to tolerate the intolerant. I, I refuse to tolerate the intolerant. I'm not going to do it. And, and for me to sit there quietly and ignore it and just go about my business makes me complicit in their action. My inaction would be complicit in their action. So I, I, I will not stand idly by and let this happen. Now, that being said, Ottawa is the most vaccinated city on planet Earth. Yeah. We have a, a very intelligent community in this city, and uh, the, the fringe element, the, the QAnon-type people, uh, it's very, a very, very small percentage. And many of them that come here to protest mask mandates and social distancing and getting vaccines, many of those people are not from Ottawa. Mm-hmm. They come in from other parts of the province because it's the capital, so they figure they'll protest on Parliament Hill. Well, you're free to protest on Parliament Hill until your reckless behavior places others' lives in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, the, the liberal leader had to shut down the rally because these people were placing others in jeopardy. And, of course, the, the uh, conservative uh, member in that riding just said, sorry, that happened. Didn't apologize to Justin Trudeau. Didn't apologize. He said, you know, this shouldn't be taking place. You've, your party has stoked the fires of this. You've done mm-hmm. nothing to quell it. Mm-hmm. You are complicit. Mm-hmm. And I know people are going to get upset at me saying this, but it's a fact. Mm-hmm. Um. I was, uh, I had missed uh, the events of the day yesterday because, you know, I was mm-hmm. out the house painting and getting it ready and I, I got back and was checking on stuff. And that was the first thing in my Twitter was like, you know, did you, I, I saw the, about the events mm-hmm. uh, and I thought, wow, you know, uh, this is really not cool. And I believe it was in our preview episode for the election that I had mentioned there, there had been uh, in well, our preview in like first few days of the election, there had been an event at which uh, there had been some protesters mm-hmm. when the prime minister had been heckled. And I believe at the time I said, if there was one thing that may rally Canadians around the prime minister, particularly since he has come out so strong in favor of vaccine mandates and vaccine passports. And uh, again, he's, you know, uh, supplemented that with his recent announcement of $1 billion to help fund the vaccine passports and, and programs of the sort mm-hmm. for the provinces. He's willing to cover all the costs. So the provinces have no excuse exactly. uh, to do it. Uh, so he's made it very easy for them. Uh, and sure enough, you know, Doug Ford came on board soon after that. Um, Where's so, the $4 billion, Doug? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? <laughs> I don't care when you get here, so long as you get here. He got here. He got here. Yes. At this point, you know, I I, I can take the outstretched hand to slap him across the face for not getting here sooner. I can take the outstretched hand to grab his. Welcome to the party. Welcome. Glad you came. came. So, um, but I I thought that events like this, if they were going to be more, uh, you know, that could be a galvanizing fact because, you know, 80% of us, more than 80% of us are vaccinated and are. That's right. 
on with our lives. Um, and, you know, I will say it again, I do not understand why Aaron O'Toole is not for it because vaccine mandates and vaccine passports are business friendly initiatives. Yeah, they are pro-business initiatives. And he's supposed to be conservative, which is pro-business. But really all he's showing is his uh, reformer card because he's trying to keep that base happy. I'm trying to keep Saskaberta happy, uh, or Albert, Albert Schwann. I don't know which one people prefer. Uh, I thought it was Saskatobi. Because <laughs> Alberta's um, about 4 million people, right? So they say Saskatobi. Okay, Saskatobi. Uh, so uh, this thing happened, uh, but this one clearly you know, crossed the line as opposed to the other ones, because this yes. one required the event to be canceled. Uh, and I know that the prime minister usually says that he's there, encourages these people to go get vaccinated mm-hmm. at, at these events. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that this, uh, and particularly this moment, because it got so violent, could be this, uh, the start of the turning of the tide for the liberals is because, uh, at least my sense of Canadians, is that we're about fair play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, the World Anti-Doping Agency is headquartered in Montreal. For a reason, yes. Clarice, yeah. We had the Dubin Inquirer. We went to, to, to look at her mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have uh, Clara Hughes. We have Becky Scott, uh, you know, who mm-hmm. had, you know, had not had her medal given to her. And, you know, then she got, like, moved up from bronze to, uh, from nothing to bronze, and then bronze to silver and silver to, to gold eventually because, you know, the Russians. But she cheated. never got her moment. No, right? she was cheated of her moment because she didn't cheat. But she still joined, you know, the Canadian Olympic Committee and mm-hmm. and it's working. So, I mean, we are a fair play country. We really believe that. Uh, and this, what's going on is dirty. Mm-hmm. And clearly this is happening everywhere. So there's, you know, there's some campaign. There's probably a campaign behind it and somebody that's organizing that, uh, you know, and there have been some, some blogs and some articles, uh, you know, about that as well. Uh, one of the know. rumors is it's uh, the surviving Koch brother. That's one of the rumors I've heard that he's funding this. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, know if that's true. Again, rumor, Reddit. I have no way to substantiate any of that. I heard it was um, somebody that was working in one of the, uh, with a, I believe one of the, the conservatives, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in their office. Uh, I think it was yeah, Amy McPherson, who's pretty good on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that kind of stuff had uh, pointed it out. Uh, that's uh, somebody named uh, Zelda Orser, who is uh, apparently working uh, with the Ministry of the Attorney General in Ontario. Uh, that's how she represents herself, anyway. Uh, and she's uh, and she uh, posts a lot of things with the hashtag hashtag Hate Club. Mm-hmm. And they've been organizing to, you know, to, to go to places to place, to follow him wherever he goes, to harass him, to heckle him. And uh, if you're looking at the hashtag hate club, uh, some of the things are like terrible. Like, for example, you know, I hear the bus is a decoy that he's riding in a black SUV. And then the response, he shouldn't even be allowed to ride a donkey, which is just gross yeah. uh then trudeau campaign rally canceled over security ran like the fucking baby he is was uh, was the answer uh you know and, and then there was another one talking about like you know lighting him up uh so i mean you know whoever this, stated this that will be uh, is currently under a microscope whoever wrote that because that's a threat against his life 
There we go. Yeah, there we go. Anyone get anyone going to his communist, anyone going to punch his communist face in and then light that fucker up on TV, tell him Gitmo is waiting for him. And then right after that, do it with like lots of thumbs ups and swearings and okay signs. And do you these know. idiots so, even I mean, know what communism is? Yeah, I know. But all of this is like reminding me of the friendly sausage maker. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The friendly sausage maker who rammed the gates at Rideau Hall. Yeah, and had a mini a arsenal. Cachet of weapons on him. No, there's nothing friendly about that guy. Not yeah. a thing. Yeah. Oh, and mm, well, no, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna speak out of turn here. It's just a, I have a colleague and a good friend who works in a department with the federal government, where he has to analyze all of the data when mm-hmm. it comes to things like this. That's what his mm-hmm. job is. He does data analysis of terroristic threats in and outside of the country. And uh, every now and then we'll, we'll have a conversation about stuff. And I'm, I'm secret cleared and I should have my top secret soon so we can actually discuss some things. So he can go into detail with me on some topics. Not all, mm-hmm. but once I get my top secret, we can actually have more. And, and once I get that, I, I, I might have to kill you. No. <laughs> No. I like living, so I won't yeah. be too curious. No. <laughs> don't ask uh, that question. <laughs> so, but the thing is, is that clearly there is a core and concerted campaign uh, to bring the U.S. style, mm-hmm. um, you know, anti-everything phenomenon here to Canada, um, and uh, so this is very disturbing. And I'm think, and as you said. Uh, so anyway, I, I got home and I saw that uh, the article and then somebody from Twitter uh, said, you know, have you seen the speech? And it's like, no. So I immediately went to do that. And uh, like you said, I was uh, I was impressed right off the mm-hmm. bat because it was off, off the cuff. Exactly. Uh, it wasn't scripted. Uh, and um, he did something that uh, I don't think I would have been capable of doing, uh, which was actually show compassion uh, for that group because I've been totally like zero compassion for loudmouths and like the unwillingly vaccinated. But he did so in a very interesting way where he was talking about, you know, it's been a hard year for everyone and there are people that, mm-hmm. you know, are fearful and all that kind of stuff and really related uh, and explained it very well from their perspective of what may be, you know, the undercoat mm-hmm. to all of this. Mm-hmm. And then it's what you do with it. Right, like this, and why they are making wrong decisions, and you know, putting their trust in wrong people and celebrities, and in anti-everything politicians, and in you know, um, and some people in the states, and it's starting in Canada, you know, horse dewormer, yeah. uh, which is sending them to the emergency. Please don't do that. Don't you're not a horse. You're not a cow. Don't. Okay. The only um, way a human being should be taken ivermectin is if you have rosacea. It comes in a topical cream. Point one percent. The pace that people are taking for horses is 1.8%. It's just ridiculous. (laughs) And why it is that you would be trusting everyone except for the people who actually studied science and medicine and epidemiology and public health. Uh, Well, one one doctor on on Twitter said, you know, that they, they have a PhD in biochemical engineering and they said that this is totally safe. Oh, I, I get it. One person says it who has credentials. Okay. That happens. Everybody else who has credentials are, credentials are saying, do not do this. Yes. So when 99% says don't and 1% says do, 
maybe you should maybe you know go with the flow on this one. The flow being 99% of uh, epidemiologists, uh, doctors, uh, uh, infectious disease specialists saying, do not do this. It will bring harm to you. Listen to those people. They know what they're talking about. And now it's time for a break. Hello, kids. It's Mr. Grizzly, your friendly neighborhood grizzly bear, who is asking you how much you like this program. And I'm asking you if, well, you like this show, you like what you hear, and we're happy to do this for you, if you'd be willing to, you know, throw us a couple of bucks as a tip. And the reason we do this, the reason we ask this question is because there are some production costs involved. We're happy to give this to you, but, you know, feel free to send us a couple of dollars over uh, coffee.com. And now, the website is ko dash fi.com backslash eager beaver dollar two dollars fifty cents whatever whatever you can spare it helps us with our production costs mr beaver that's right mr grizzly uh, if you go to our coffee page the recommended donation is three dollars but it can really be anything you want um less or more if you happen to like this show especially um we reinvest uh, in the show. Uh, as you can tell, uh, the sound quality has improved since uh, episode one. And, uh, you know, we want to see where this show can go. Uh, hopefully we can maybe get some correspondence uh, one day, um, maybe film it uh, for YouTube. Uh, if uh, you guys have any suggestions of what you'd like to see the show become, of course, those are always welcome uh, because, you know, we do this for you. Um so yeah, uh, every little bit helps. And of course, if you can't afford anything and you just like the show, then please, you know, that's quite all right. Send us some comments. Let us know what you think of it. Uh, that means just as much to us too. And don't forget the website, www.ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver. Thanks, eh? And we're back, kids. Um, yeah, Mr. Grizzly, uh, on what you were saying before the break, uh, I'm right with you. You know, when we listen to those commercials for gum, remember we always say like four out of five dentists recommend brushing your teeth after every meal. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to dentist number five. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> just don't listen to dentist number five. He's the guy telling um, you to eat all the sugar stuff so you'll go to see him like frequently for more work. <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, I had uh, when I had uh, come on uh, online. Uh, and I saw that uh, tweet uh, that said, you know, did you see Justin's uh, speech afterwards? It would have been easy to come out angry, but he came out thought and thoughtfully spoke to all of us, protesters included. That's leadership. Mm-hmm. So it, it it led me to to go look at look at it, uh, and I was coming online to say specifically uh, because I had been inspired to tweet something, and uh, and I was going to say that the candidate or the party who can best pull their policies together in a pitch about where we go next in a changing world may end up winning this thing because you know we're getting a lot of boutique and short-term thinking things that may look good now uh, from the conservatives and the NDP, mm-hmm. but not with a lot of long-term thought five, six, seven years from now. Right. Uh, but the liberals are, are giving us that, you know, with daycare and, you know, money to raise the, the, you know, the, the minimum wage for personal support workers and, uh, you know, making sure that we have an mRNA uh, facility over here and, you know, just all the, and, you know, uh, 
the changes that they made to uh, carbon pricing, bringing us up to 150 per ton in the next mm-hmm. uh, five years, and all that kind of stuff. You know, the work of the the work of the country, the long term work of where we need to be for the future, is still getting done, and they're the only party that's taking care of these types of things. They're not. They're not. Uh, they're going to do things for right now, but they're also planning to do things for the future. Yes, precisely. And, and that's that and, speaks to me. Oh, sorry. Yes, that speaks to me. Yeah, that speaks to me too. And one of the things that we always, uh, you know, that I've noticed about uh, the liberal leader uh, earlier on, right from the first campaign, uh, was that there are three areas in particular where he is extremely strong. Mm-hmm. One is playing the long game. Mm-hmm. He knows how to uh, lay down markers for something in the future, and he's been doing that. Working a crowd mm-hmm. oh, and yes. EQ, emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, all three of those things were on display. Well, it, it was so it's such an impassioned and passionate speech. Again, off the, it's like that was what his father was famous for. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people who did not like Pierre Trudeau's politics and did not care for the man. But they will always admit the guy said what he meant and meant what he said. And he could deliver stirring soliloquies right off the top of his head. Mm-hmm. I mean, his farewell speech in 1984, was yeah, it was 84. At that liberal convention, it was like a 20-minute speech that he pulled right out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's still well, to this day one of the most stirring pieces of oratory he ever delivered. You know, don't yeah. let the dream of Canada die. Yeah. And when you're, you know, when you're extremely cultured, mm-hmm. uh, in in the manner that he was, uh, and you know, and able to talk about pretty much any subject, uh, you know, you have a good general knowledge, and on top of being cultured, I mean, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things that I always uh, keep in mind about uh, the liberal leader is that, yes, he grew up in politics, right? Mm-hmm. He was. I can imagine the conversations at the dinner table in his family. Yes. Oh yeah, and. And, you know, and Pierre Trudeau uh, was a transformative prime minister, you know, multiculturalism, the constitution, mm-hmm. official bilingualism, the, the bedroom has this, the state has state no has places no, in the yes. bedroom of the nation, all, all those types of things. So if he is his father's son, mm-hmm. and you have someone that has a great deep love of Canada and Canadians right, in his bones. Yep. And, I, and I, I don't detect a hint of insincerity in any of it. And if it, if there's any insincerity there, he is an Oscar winning performer. Yeah. I mean, because, they all, the, you know, the big joke about politics is if you can fake sincerity, you've got everything right. Right. So if he is faking it, then amazing. But I find it hard that you're able to fake that since 2013, eight years nonstop without slipping. Yeah, but this, this is exactly what it is, right? right. Now, so it's got, you remember when, uh, when, when he, uh, gave the, uh, um, uh, oh, darn it, John, loss of words here, at his father's funeral. Mm, yes, yes, the eulogy. The, thank you. I wanted to say speech, and I knew that was the incorrect term, and I couldn't remember what it was. And I remember watching that, and it was Peter Mangebridge who stated at the time, are we looking at a future prime minister of Canada? He goes, I think we may be just doing that right now. Sure enough, we were. And, yeah, and, and that was the speech that a lot of people went, whoa, uh, Justin, where did that come from? Yeah. And I'm like, well, he's his father's son. So you have to expect that, right? But he he definitely got his mother's hairline. (laughs) Lucky bugger. (laughs) So what happened yesterday was that, you know, 
there was an occasion for his three big assets, right? Playing the long game, working crowd and emotional intelligence to come out and play and be on display, uh, you know, at, you know, it, it, it's absolute optimum ability and capacity mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. And th- that's what I saw. And six, about six minutes into his speech, he was making the case about where it is that we need to go next in a changing world. Oh, yes. So it's like, so I hadn't known, I didn't know he had done it. And I was coming online to say, like, somebody needs to do this now, right? You're two weeks in. If you want to save yourself, you need to start weaving that narrative because none of the other, none of the other major contenders are mm-hmm. at the moment. Uh, okay. So, uh, Yesterday, what happened for me is that Justin Trudeau reminded the, reminded the nation that he is a good and decent man. Mm-hmm. He did. Loves Canadians and has compassion in his heart and that we could do way worse. And it's a lot of the same case that Joe Biden did in the States, right? Throughout yes. the entire election. It's like he just kept on showing us again and again. Of course, he had Donald Trump as a contrast that, you know, Joe Biden is a kind and decent man. Um, this, this glass is kinder and more decent than Donald Trump is. Yes. And it's, you know, and we forget about that often when we choose our leaders, you know, it's like, we want something strong, somebody powerful, somebody decisive you know, like this, but it, you know, there's something about having someone who's kind and decent and who genuinely likes the people he serves. Yes. And, um, for those individuals who will say, well, he's a, he's a wimp, he's a that, he's a this. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I remember he was in a boxing match fighting against a guy with a black belt who was also a mixed martial arts fighter and handed it to him. Yep. Iron and, fist in a velvet glove. And what did Patrick uh, Brazo, Senator Brazo say after that? He said, do not misjudge this man. Don't mm-hmm. do it. If you do it, you do it at your own peril. Cause he has a great deal of respect for him. You know, yeah. he got beaten badly, and I was not expecting that at all. I thought Brazo was going to clean his clock. I did. I watched mm-hmm. the fight, and I was like, whoa, hang on a second here. And then I remembered, you know, his father was an athlete. He was mm-hmm. a swimmer, a hiker, a kayaker. I don't know if he was a boxer or not, but he gets the athletic ability from his father and the love of athletics. So the man is going to train and train hard, and he also knows, because he's Pierre Elliott Trudeau's son, the spotlight is going to be focused on him. So he knew people wanted him to get his clock cleaned. And that didn't mm-hmm. happen. So as Senator Brazo says, um, misjudge him at your own peril. Mm-hmm. And those three qualities were there as well. I mean, he oh, had yeah. some strategy. He didn't come out in the first round and try to like, you know, shoot all his shot then. No. You know, the fight went a couple of rounds. He figured him out, found his opening, and then went for it. Now, I, I, don't want, I don't want the listeners to think I'm gushing over the man. He's made mistakes, a lot of mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. But most if you look at who, Pardon? And most of them self-inflicted. Yes, yes. But if you look at our choices, make your own decision based on that. Who do you want to be the next prime minister? I, I, that's, that's all I've got to say about that for now. I'll have more to say later. <laughs> Well, that's exactly like we were saying in the first episode of the Beaver Bites when comes an election. Uh, a lot of the commentating compares, uh, you know, your choices to the Almighty. Uh, but, you know, you're not competing against God for the election. You're competing against your alternatives. And, uh, you know, when we look at the field, um, 
again, it strikes me that there's only one party that's leading a professional and competent campaign that is not only telling you what it is they are going to do, but telling you, you know, how it is that they plan to go about it. Um, so when you, um, I look at that night uh, and uh, I take a few things from it uh, and what was uh, not as seen as his speech was something that happened actually a little earlier in the day uh, to show that uh, the liberal leader, again, is a kind and decent man. Uh, he was at a stop uh, I believe in Ontario, when a father of one of the uh, passengers on flight, I believe it was PS752. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Shot down in Iran. Uh, I believe it was a Ukrainian Airlines flight. Uh, I, I don't remember the flight exactly, but it, I, I saw that. Um, I saw that exchange and the man was... Very angry, and he started. You promised, right? Which we hear a lot from NDP supporters, like for example, when it comes to electoral reform. But, but, but he promised. Well, yes, he promised electoral reform. He did not promise to hand deliver to NDP voters proportional representation, come what may, over the objections of two thirds of the country. Well, and everybody goes, well, he promised this, and he didn't deliver. Um, Yeah, he said, I promise to do this if it's supported. And as it turns yeah. out, it wasn't. Wasn't. First exactly. past the post, received a two-thirds majority support. So you can't call him on not delivering on something if he says, I will deliver this if it's supported. It wasn't supported. I'm not going to deliver it. <laughs> like, I don't know about the two, uh, two-thirds support. Uh, the part that I know is that when it came time for the public consultations, because they had all the town halls with, uh, <laughs> with, from the MPs, and that didn't generate a lot of people. So then they had the survey that everybody you know, turned around and said, oh, my God, this survey is so you know, slanted or biased or whatnot. But it was a survey that was supposed to compare trade-offs. Because right. when you give away one system to go for another, you're trading off certain things for another. <laughs> Right, you're trading off bad things for better things, but you may lose some things that you like in order to gain other things. And it was testing, you know, what are you willing to give up in order to get, and do you really want to give this up? Uh, so, you know, and after all those two things were done, less than three percent of the population came out. Yeah, but right, so, precisely. It's like no, I get upset and, when people say he was going to do this and he didn't do it. That's because yeah. there was no support for it. Yes, and they turn around. They said, "But he promised." Yes, but you do not achieve greater democracy by imposing it unilaterally, like a tyrannical dictator. Yeah. And the fact that the dictator imposed the system that you personally preferred doesn't make it all right, and it certainly doesn't make it dem- democratic. I, it, it's <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry, I chuckle, I laugh because it's like it's just so over the top, ridiculous. It's like, um, I want to deliver this but this is not what people want, so I'm not going to do it. But you said you would, but people don't want it. But you said you'd do it, but people don't want it, so I'm not going to go against the will of the people and deliver something they don't want. And in that instance, what he did, which is something I found admirable, even though a lot of people 
scream and cry about it was that the second he figured out that it was not going to happen and we have to remember that he had to have it all done two years before the prospective election date according Mm -hmm. to elections canada so that they can change the ballots and everything right so there was a timeline he didn't keep on stringing us along and telling us oh yes yes this is going to happen we're going to work it we're going to make it happen like this he gave it a mercy killing yeah he was an adult he stood up he said listen it's not going to happen well you know everything i'm reading right now um it's just like look we know politicians uh bend the truth they color it and they often lie there's no mm-hmm. argument. We all, we all get that, right? I'd like to think we all get that. But it's the amount of outright bald face lies that his opponents mm. are spewing forth. And they're not, even, they're not even checked in many cases. However, I've noticed today that a few people have said, okay, enough of this crap. We're going to check every politician on this. It's like we need Daniel Dale, who is a Canadian from Toronto. He's working for CNN right now. We need him to come up here and start checking all of this to go, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Justin Ling did something today about Doug Ford, uh, different thing altogether, mm-hmm. because it's not the part of the federal election, but it's like he, he checked him on his lies. Lies. Yeah. Not yeah. stretching the truth, outright lies. And again, we're, we're, at, we're, at the, we're at the point right now where it is just bald face, shameless lies. Um, but I, I'd like to get back to that man. Sorry, uh, please. Yes, that, yes that, that he met. Uh, this man was very angry and said, but you promised. Uh, he promised that you would get justice for the families of these victims. Uh, and you haven't done it yet. Now, again, this is another situation where, you know, it's not like Justin Trudeau can walk into Iran said, I demand justice and obtain it. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> like this. And, you know, and because, uh, you know, Canada and Iran don't have very good diplomatic relations to Not begin really. with. Not really. Diplomatic ties at all at the moment. Uh, you know, we have to do this through Ukraine, which fortunately, with whom fortunately we do have exceptional diplomatic ties. So it's not, you know, it's not like he can walk in single-handedly and make it happen. Because it's going to depend on the contributions and the efforts of other people as well. Indeed. Uh, but in that moment, he was able to connect with that man and make it very clear that he did understand his pain, mm-hmm. that he did feel his pain, and that he would do everything that he could. It was a real human connection. And it ended with a hug. Yeah. Yes. He started angry, and the exchange ended with a hug. Well, and, and what... I thought was really impressive was he sat and actually listened to what the man said. And the man was angry. Yes. Justifiably so. Understandably so. Yes. And he listened to him and then he talked with him, not to him. He talked with him. And there's a big difference in those two words, right? With and to big difference. Didn't speak down. He talked to him. Yes. Emotional intelligence and interpersonal skills. It's what the liberal leader has above the other two in spades. Yes. Yeah, well, so, the other four so you, in spades. So when you add that moment during the day to the speech in the evening, mm-hmm. you know, there is more 
to being a good leader than being able to balance a budget or keep a promise or bend people to your will. There's also the part which I hope Canadians start to find more important once they get over their anger. I'm hoping, you know, when September comes along, because September 1st, you know, mm-hmm. people start putting their anger aside a little bit and start voting on what it is that we need for the future. We've got 20 more days. This is supposed to be when the real election starts. The first yeah. two weeks were positioning and people were away and all that kind of stuff. But if we are really, really going to do this, and we're, you know, we have to stop being angry about the stuff that happened before. Mm-hmm. And we have to start looking at what do we want things to be now? And who is the best person, the best party that will do that? And it seems to me that beyond all the other things, the thing that matters most is do you have a leader who genuinely likes you? And do you have a leader that does his best? And do you have a leader that does not lie to you about what the Constitution says? And do you have a leader that not only tells you what it is they're going to do, but how they're going to do it? And I assume once their platform comes out, how much it will cost. Right now, there's only one party doing that. There's only one. There's no denying that. That's the absolute truth. Now, the other parties may be giving you what you want now, may give you some tax credits, some, you know, some tax cuts, some uh, financing here or there to, you know, help with the cost of living, like lowering your cell phone bills a little bit or whatnot, but, you know, little jots and tills here and there. But when you put it together, all those things together. Will it be transformative for the society five years from now? Will it set us on a strong path mm-hmm. for where we need to go on the environment, on emergency preparedness, on uh, responding to climate change, on reconciliation, uh, on uh, setting ourselves up uh, to diversify the economy away from being, you know, pulling things out of the ground and putting it on a train or in a pipeline and shipping it off somewhere else. Uh, You know, is there more than that? And again, one would hope. But again, there's only one party I see putting, laying down markers, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. things that if we look back 10 years from now, wow, like a lot has happened. So, that let's hope, at least because I'm when I'm comparing to the alternatives, the choice is starting to impose itself. But apparently, it is. People are, it is. It is. It it absolutely is. Yes, but that's why people are angry and want something now. And two parties specifically are promising them everything and the sun now, and one person is laying down a path to be in a good place five years from now. And the only question is is Again, are Canadians at the point right now where they're willing to wait the extra five minutes for that second marshmallow or not? Well, uh, you know what? I I really, really hope so. I'm worried, though. I'm worried. I am am concerned. I'm concerned that people want 
self-satisfaction, self-gratification immediately. And I'm like, wait a minute, what about, what about your children? What about your grandchildren? What about your friends, your neighbors? What about, because your self-gratification now is going to cost you so much more in the future. Well, Mr. Grizzly, I think that's a good place to leave this one. I think and so too. I'm sure there'll be uh, more interesting things coming up in the next few days. Like I said, I'm looking very forward to September 1st because that's when I expect some things will kick into high gear. We are. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. That's we'll see. We'll see. I think you're right. Um, I have a million other thoughts. I'll express it in the next show. I have, no. I have, I have some things to say. I have some bones to pick. Uh, I'm a little bit riled up because there's a lot of stuff going on in my personal life, and I need to escape from my personal life. So I'm really loading up on the politics and the, of the moment, because the personal life is just—it's—it's it's not bad. It, don't get me wrong, listeners. It's not bad. It's just really chaotic right now, and as a result, I need escapism. And escapism is like get your mind as far away from that as possible. So I'm going to look at the political situation in Canada, and I'm seeing some things that are very, very disturbing. Well, I can't wait till we get to that because I happen to like it when you have a bone to pick because you get passionate and, well, yeah, we generally get some good stuff recorded when you get passionate. (laughs) Well, you know, I I try. (laughs) (laughs) And I am glad that you do. Um, so that's the end of this episode of Beaver Bites Kits. We hope that you loved listening to us because clearly we enjoy talking politics with you. And uh, well, uh, we welcome feedback in the form of compliments, bribes to be on the show, constructive criticism, gentle corrections if we've got anything factually incorrect, and happy stories of things that have happened to you or your dear ones. And we want to know what your plan is for your vote and uh, what you think about uh, the current election so please you can do all of that on our facebook page at the true north eager beaver or at true eager on twitter if you like this podcast you can find us on google spotify apple and mixcloud please tell your friends where to find us and finally if you really 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 like this podcast and wish to encourage us to do more we work for tips Please feel free to buy a cup of coffee for Mr. Grizzly here or a mug of hot chocolate for me via our coffee page at ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver. That's ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver, eager beaver, all lowercase and all one word. From the Beaver Lodge, this is your eager beaver saying, until next time, dear kids, it can be a tough world out there and this election is a little crazy making, so be kind to and gentle with yourself. Any uh, final thoughts uh, or words of wisdom? Well, uh, yeah, as always, drink lots of water, get plenty of sleep. But right now, I, I need you, dear listeners, to really consider what kind of a country you want us to be. Do you want us to be one where we vote for a group of people who say we're all about saving you money when they're really not because they will waste millions of dollars on silly, silly things just to harm people who many others see beneath them. There's food for thought. We're going to get into it in the next episode because I have got a lot to say about this.
at Kits. We'll leave you and see you next time. The True North Eager Beaver podcast is an Eager Beaver, Mr. Grizzly collaboration. We're winging it, so no copy written. Recording, production, and editing by Mr. Grizzly. Music courtesy of Ben Sound Royalty Free Music. Once again, thank you to our founding sponsors, The Peppermaster, The Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Mood Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. And stay tuned. We'll have more people work for you real soon. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.